They seek him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. picture Red Shoes as Baroness Orcsie's immortal character, the Scarlet Pimpernel. French Revolution. Dinner at the Taverne de la Ville in Paris had been an experience to delight the palate. But with the revolt in full swing, even the food had undergone a change of character. Tony Dewhurst and I struggled through two abominable courses before we gave up and went in search of fresh air and our carriage. Oh, wasn't that ghastly? Well, Tony, it certainly wasn't anything to bring a gourmet cheers. I'd heard that the concierge had been guillotined. Do you suppose they did the same to the chef? If they did, I know who cooked that meal. Who? <laughs> Citizen Chauvelin. <laughs> if it was, I'd like to return the favour. Where's the carriage? I told the coachman to meet us in Rue Peronet. I was anticipating a short stroll after a hearty meal. Well, the stroll won't hurt in any case. Do you think we might... Monsieur's. Did you hear somebody call us? Yes, a girl's voice. I am here, Monsieur's, in the shadow of the trees. It is important I speak with you. Careful, Tony. She's right over there. Come on. Good evening, mademoiselle. May we be of assistance? Oui. I... I have been waiting here for hours, hoping to hear English voices such as yours. Oh, quite a few Englishmen dine in the hotel, mademoiselle. You might have gone in. It would not do for me to be seen. I am sought by... The police. Oh, my dear lady, if you're in some sort of political trouble, we don't meddle in affairs of the regime. I leave that to your judgment, monsieur. I am in trouble with the regime, but not for political reasons. At least, they do not seem political to me. Mademoiselle, I'm afraid... The help I would ask is simple, monsieur. Do not decide against me until you hear. I have a golden object to sell, with a cluster of fine jewels... I will sell it to you for for a fraction of its value. That's a strange offer, mademoiselle. Golden jewels can bring full value, even in the Paris of today. Oui, monsieur. That which I have to sell could easily be broken up and sold for full value. But I do not want the object harmed in any way. Otherwise, I would die rather than part with it. May we see the object you speak of, mademoiselle? Oui, monsieur. Here. Our eyes have become accustomed to the deep shadow. And as she held out her hand, the form of the object was clearly outlined. It was a small statue of a saint. Do you understand now, monsieur, why I choose to give it into the hands of men of your country rather than to the madmen of my own? Yes, mademoiselle, I do understand. Is this your own? No, 
It belongs to the Abbe de Nanterre. He must have funds. Shh, horsemen coming. Looks like a troop of mounted soldiers. Help! And make it faster! She must be around here someplace. Madalena! Oh, you're after me, monsieur. I must run. No, mademoiselle, not that way. Here. Take this money quickly. And return the Abbe's statuette. Oh, monsieur. Now, let us run this way into the trees. We'll attract the attention of the soldiers. When they start after us, you go in the opposite direction. Oh, bless you, monsieur. Thank you, mademoiselle. Come on, Tony. Right. Tony, this is far enough. Let's wait for the gentleman. Oh, I say. No, no. I say, well, what the devil are you stopping us for? What? Eh? Men? Men? Well, my dear fellow, what did you expect? Mice? We were seeking a woman. Did you see her? See her? Well, we were chasing her ourselves until you ordered us to halt. You chasing her? Why? Because the little vixen stole my purse. That's stole right. your purse? That's, That's right, right, yes. Yeah. She pretended she wanted to sell some golden object or other. And as soon as my friend showed his purse, she snatched it and ran. Mm, and she pretends to be so holy. She's as bad as the rest. Worse! A traitor! Come and move, men! After her! Hey, 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 since you know her well enough to call her by her first name, um, Madeleine, wasn't it? Well, I demand to know her surname, too. Because I intend to personally report this outrage to my very good friend, Citizen Chavalon. Yes, I will tell you her name, monsieur. Madeleine Delong. Madeleine Delong. Well, you'd make a mental note of that, Tony. I certainly will. I certainly hope you and your men catch her, Lieutenant, um... Lieutenant Charles Delong. Uh, Delong? Delong? Is your name, too? Yes, Delong. I have the misfortune to be the brother of that young traitor who has just robbed you. With that parting shot, he wheeled his horse and rode off after his men. Tony and I looked at each other, almost sensing each other's thoughts in the darkness. Blakeney, I can't believe it. I know, Tony. From man to turn against his government, even a revolution like this, it would be understandable in a way, but... For a man to turn against his own family, his sister... Should not be too surprising, Tony, because he's gone even further than that. He's even turned away from the creator who made him. I wish those soldiers hadn't ridden up quite so soon. The girl got away all right. Yes, but she's in trouble, hiding. And so obviously is the good abbe of Nanterre. Possibly others of his followers, too, in need of food, money, and a way out of France. Now, we can provide that. Yes, we can. But first, we must find that girl again. And I pray we find her before her brother does.
night and day we frequented taverns, listening to furtive conversations, hoping to find some little rumor, any clue that might give us a lead to the whereabouts of the Abbe de Nanterre. But there was nothing, until one evening we came upon a couple of children playing on the steps of the deserted cathedral. Come along, Cecile. Come inside and we can climb up to the bell. No! Are you afraid? No, I'm not afraid. But it is wrong to play in the cathedral. That is God's house. You know what Papa would say. Papa never comes here anymore. Nobody does. Oh, yes, they do. Mama, too. And others late at night when they think we are asleep. How do you know? Because I've heard Papa and Mama speak of it. That's how. Mama cries because they do not come in the daytime anymore and bring us too as they used to do. Mama never used to cry. She was always laughing. Maybe it is because she's hungry. She and Papa never eat with us anymore. Well, why don't they? Why do they want to be hungry? Maybe because they are already big enough and they want to wait until we go up to them. Ugh. Children never grow up. They just tell you that. Children are always small and must do as they are told. I know. And we better go home. It will soon be dark. But come on. I'll race you. I'll race you. <laughs> you are not fair. little things. Not as poor as others we've seen. They have good parents to love and protect them. Yes, and to go hungry in order to feed them. Blakeney, I've just thought of something. I know. <laughs> I thought of the same thing. They said their parents and others come here during the night. They must hold some sort of service. They'll be good people. They may know something of the whereabouts of the Abbey de Nanterre. We can ask. Let us go back to our quarters. If we're going to loiter about this area at night, we should be disguised as Frenchmen. I wonder when they usually come. I would say Sunday morning, in the very early hours, well before dawn, when those who would deny them the right to worship are sleeping. Isn't it horrible to think that men can risk their lives, even lose them, because they want to come to a church? Yes, Tony, it's horrible. But isn't it also wonderful to know that nothing can stop them? To know that they still come, and always will. We watched the streets leading to the cathedral and waited. Friday night, then Saturday. And then, in the early hours of Sunday morning, they started to come, singly and quietly, an aged woman shivering under her thin shawl, workman, a young girl, a cripple whose body reflected the pain of each step, they clung to the shadows of the narrow streets and they walked softly. But one by one, they came. Must be 30 of them gone toward the cathedral by now. Yes. We can go now, too. Remember, if we're accosted, speak French. Yes. It's very late. I, I haven't seen any soldiers about. You never know. Come on. If they're set upon, don't resist. What? We can't, Tony, until we know who our assailants are. If they are troops and we fight, there may be a general alarm and we'll endanger those people. And if they are not troops... Well, who else would attack us? The people in the cathedral may have their own guards posted to give an alarm. And we certainly can't fight them. We'd be fighting friends. We went through the narrow alley towards the cathedral, moving softly. There was an arch at one point where the shadows thickened. And as we approached it, I had the unpleasant sense of being watched. And then without movement of any kind, we were stopped cold. 
by a hard, flat voice. One more step could be your last, monsieur. You are surrounded. We are standing. Who are you? I would prefer knowing who are you. We, oui. <laughs> We seek friends at the cathedral. If you seek friends, they will have given you the password. What is it? The friends never told me because I have never had the opportunity to speak to one of them until now. Do not fear us, gentlemen. We come to seek help and to give it. English? English. Take with your leader and your people. Uh, first, monsieur, I must know who you are. My name is Raoul. My true name wouldn't matter to you, nor would my companions, but I am who you think I am. The Scarlet Pimpernel. The Scarlet Pimpernel? You hear, men? The Pimpernel. Pimpernel. This card, it is a precaution, monsieur. A net for trespassers, you understand. We never expected to find you in it. Or... I understand. I am happy to bid you welcome. Come, follow me. Come, men. Shouldn't some of your men stay here in case there are other visitors? Oh, do not worry, monsieur. Further precautions are not necessary tonight. Uh, no need to disturb the worshippers, eh? We will go to the chambers the priest used to occupy in the rear of the cathedral. What do you mean, used to occupy? The priest was guillotined months ago, monsieur, but the people still come to pray without the priest. We know them all and let them pass, challenging only strangers like yourself. The stranger we bring to our leader for approval. That is where we are taking you. It was logical, and yet I had a vague sense of foreboding... We circled to the rear of the cathedral to the small house of the priest. The man who called himself Raoul opened a door and we followed him into the pitch blackness. The door closed behind us. Then a new voice stabbed out of the darkness. A voice vaguely familiar. Ah, new ones? Oui, but one you will be most delighted to see. The Scarlet Pimpernel! The Pimpernel! The lamp roll! Light it at once! Oui! The yellow blob of light sprang to life, throwing huge shadows on the wall. I tensed, and I felt Tony stiffen beside me. The men we had come in with ringed the room. Each was grinning, and each in his hand held a gun. But the face of the man who had spoken when we entered was the one that drew my gaze. <laughs> so, the Scarlet Pimpernel. <laughs> he wore the uniform of an army lieutenant. I had seen him before, in pursuit of Madeleine Delon. It was her brother, Charles.
I was stunned, unable to move. We had sought to make contact with worshippers in the cathedral, and now we had fallen into the hands of a man who was persecuting the very people we wanted to help. If you are contemplating any foolish moves, monsieur, I advise you to reconsider. These men will shoot you dead before you take a second step. I knew that as soon as I saw their charming faces. <laughs> Delightful chaps, aren't they, Tony? Oh, positively radiant. Enjoy yourselves. It will not be for long. Find them hand and foot, Raoul. Oui, mon docteur. And see that the bonds are tight, men. This time, Citizen Chauvelin will know that the Pimpernel cannot outwit all of us. <laughs> I bait a trap for my sister, and I find you instead. I wouldn't brag about that if I were you. Ah, sentimental fool. Do you know what her treachery has done to me? It has cast suspicion on me. I would be three grades higher in rank if it were not for her. I would have shared with her a better, richer life than we ever knew before. Perhaps your sister prefers not to live your better, richer life when it comes through the blood and suffering of others. Silence! You! It's all right, Tony. I'm certain the lieutenant will never try that again if we meet with my hands unbound. He's a very brave man, though. He might strike his sister without having her bound first, if he ever catches her. I will catch her. Wherever she hides with the abbey and the others, she will not escape. If my trap was good enough for you, it will be good enough for her. She will sense the trap. She will know that the people in the cathedral are not true worshippers. Oh, but they are. <laughs> Thinking they could use the cathedral in this district without my knowledge. The dolts. I could have seized every one of them. But I was clever and patient. I let them go on for months. Every one of them known to me and my men. They are watched every time they come. And they even invite friends from time to time, but they never see the friends again. We take the newcomers and deal with them. And those idiots in there never know why the friends have disappeared, because they themselves are not molested. You are a clever man, Lieutenant. It's too bad you haven't put your wits to better use. They will bring me the position I want in this republic, never fear. My loyalty will no longer be doubted when I bring my sister to justice for aiding enemies of the state. She will hear about this place as others have. And one night she will come, thinking to find friends and help. Yes, she will come. Even as he spoke, and I felt the hot burn of the ropes digging into my wrists and ankles, my attention was drawn away from the conversation for one brief instant. I felt my eyes go wide with surprise and barely resisted an exclamation at what I had seen. There was a small window set high in the wall, and framed in it had been the face of a small boy. The same boy Tony and I had seen playing on the cathedral steps. What are you staring at, Englishman? I wasn't staring at anything. Huh? That rope is cutting into me pretty badly, that's all. Ah, perhaps you think the guillotine will cut into you more gently, <laughs> eh? <laughs> Save your humor, Raoul! We can all laugh when Chauvelin pays us the reward for this one. Now, finish your work. It is all finished. The devil himself could not loose these bonds. Very well. This service in the cathedral will be over by now and the people gone. So we may leave two undetected. Lift them and carry them. They carried us out into the darkness. I had kept my muscles tensed when they bound us. Now I started an attempt to loosen the ropes. I didn't get very far. I didn't have to. 
Silent figures suddenly hurtled out of the night and set upon our captors. I was dropped, and my body hit the cobbles painfully as the men who carried me turned to defend themselves. They shouted and swore, but the attackers fought in grim silence. No! We are outnumbered, Get others and surround the area! It stopped as suddenly as it had started. Our captors took to heel. Then somebody bent over me in the darkness, and a sharp knife sliced through my bonds. Tony was being cared for, too. My name is Fernet, citizen. I trust you have not been seriously injured? No. Thanks to you and your friends. Ah, you are English. My little boy saw and overheard. Is what he says true? You are the pimpernel? Yes. Thank heaven he brought you to aid me and my companion. Oh, a stroke of fortune. I thought him asleep when I left home, but for some reason the little scoundrel followed me. You may be grateful for that. You and the others have been used unknowingly to bait a vicious trap. No, the boy told me some of what he heard. Then you must know that you and all your people are now fugitives. You can't go home again. If they don't trap us here with troops, they'll seek you out. I know, monsieur. We sent a few of the men to round up our children. Where and how we will hide, I do not know. Well, there must be places. We'll find one. I believe the Abbey of Nanterre has succeeded in hiding some of his parishioners. The Abbey of Nanterre? You mean the Père Dominique? Is that his name? Oui, I once served as his altar boy, years ago before he came to Nanterre. A small country church. But where? About uh, about 20 kilometers on the road to Sens. The old road. It's no longer in use. Is the church still in use? No, not for years. The town was deserted. Ah. I, I begin to see the reason for your interest. It could be the hiding place. It must be. It would be ideal. Then we must get there, all of us, Tonight. Their safety and ours depend upon it. If they are hard-pressed, we will only create an additional burden for the old Abbey. He and his people may be discovered or betrayed any moment, Fernay. Escape to England is the only hope. Now, I have a ship waiting off Dunkirk, but we've got to get there. Can you get wagons, carriages? We? Oui. Then get them, quickly, and abandon this area. Have your people rendezvous outside the city on the road to Sens. Until then, small groups will not be too suspect, but advise caution. You heard me. We will obey this English comrade. Let it be arranged at once. Now, you and a few of your men come with me, Fernay. I've saddled horses and secreted, and army uniforms, many things we may use. Take the men, monsieur, and tell me which way you go. I will follow in a moment and catch you. But first, I must go back into the cathedral. Now, each moment counts. Lieutenant Delorme will be back with troops in a matter of minutes. I know, monsieur. And there is a message I must leave for them to find, a message I hope will burn in their minds forever. I want to leave lighted candles by the altar. There was trouble. One of the wagons aroused the suspicion of the guards as it left the gates of Paris and the pursuit started. But the driver of the wagon with cool courage whipped his team and took the new road to Sens, not the old, diverting the troops from the rendezvous. I got through the gate just before it happened, Lakeney. Even then, the guard was muttering about so much traffic at this time of night. And I looked back and saw him start a search of the next wagon. The driver had to whip his team and run for it. There were a couple of shots. Then he took the other fork of the road with them after him. The entire countryside will be swarming soon, then. The report will get back to Delon. He knows we're a large party. And we're going to be still larger if the abbe and his people are at the old church. Where's Fernet? Not here yet. But we endanger all the rest by waiting any longer. Ready to move, everybody. Men in uniform ride saddle horses, front and rear. To make this look like a military train. Women and children, lie down in the wagons. Men, check your firearms. Be ready for whatever comes. Whatever you're ready, Tony. Ready now. Get up there. Come on. Follow his lead, everybody. Move. 
We reached the old church in little over an hour, but dawn was threatening from the east. I had one of the women call the name of Madeleine Delon outside the church. There was a silence. Then slowly the door opened. Whoever you are out there, listen to me. We will not come out. Some of us have arms. If you attempt to come in, we... It is all right, mademoiselle. We are friends. English? Yes. We are the men who helped you to escape near the Tavern de Ville. Oh, friends. Come out, Abbe. They are friends. Friends. Voila. Welcome, comrades. Welcome, Abbe. Oh, you, as a tall Englishman, I never dreamed. The Scarlet Pimpernel. At your service, mademoiselle. What is your party number? 21, monsieur. Well, assign them to wagons, Tony. Let's move out. We've got to reach Dunkirk. In daylight? Well, the sun will be up soon. The sky's like now. And so is the ridge of that hill back there. Look. Horsemen. Troops. I'm afraid so, mademoiselle. And probably led by your brother. We could not outrun them. As soon as that became obvious, I called for all armed and mounted men to fall back while the wagons went on. Moments later, the battle was joined. Outnumber us. Two to one, monsieur. This rise gives us the advantage of the terror, though. If we can hold them here long enough. How long is long enough? Three hours. Oh. That will give the wagons enough of a lead to reach Dunkirk before the pursuit. If they had a few more men to flank us, though, our chances would be slim. And they are slim, monsieur. Look, in the distance. Good heavens. More mounted men. Almost fifty of them. What do we do? What we are doing. More men are coming, Englishmen. Surrender now or be annihilated. Come and get us, Lieutenant, because you'll never pass this point while we live. These men are... Monsieur, Monsieur, heaven be praised. What? Those horsemen approaching are not troops. Look, the men right in the lead. It is Ferdinand. He was right. It was Ferney, and the horsemen with him swooped into the battle in grim silence. Lieutenant Delors troops were caught in a sudden crossfire. They broke and scattered in demoralized retreat. Delors rode about frantically, trying to reorganize. I charged at him. All troops! Come back, you cowards! You're beaten, Lieutenant. Drop your swords. You! Drop it, or I will most certainly kill you. Order your men to hold and surrender. Hold! Hold, men! Surrender! Take their arms and their horses. Leave them unharmed on the foot. Ah, monsieur... It is good to see you alive. It's good to see you alive, too, Fernet. We thought you were new troops to reinforce them. No, after you left the cathedral, I remember that another group similar to ours was holding secret church services in another place. I called upon them to join us. My wife and children, monsieur? Ahead of us, on the road to Dunkirk. Ah. We'll catch up to them in no time. What do we do with these prisoners, monsieur? Start them back to Paris on foot. By the time they reach help, we'll be crossing the channel. You win this time, monsieur. But you and I will have another day of reckoning. Yes, we will, Lieutenant Delon. But sooner than you think, you'll accompany us to the beach at Dunkirk. When we get there, I'll give you another opportunity to slap me with my hands untied. All right, Fernet. Then, let's join the others, shall we? We're on our way to England. To England, comrades. To eat, to work, to worship in freedom. To England! To England! All right, all. Fine. 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 
Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring, with music composed and conducted by Sidney Torch. Produced by Harry Allen Towers.